Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of April 16th through the 18th, 2021. My name's Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, this week in the pandemic is uh, relatively quiet for the box office news-wise. Uh, heck, the top story for the week on the box office was uh, one that I randomly found and posted, which I usually think is a sign that not a lot is going on. Uh, that being said, heading into next weekend, we have something that I, we haven't seen in a while, uh, a really tight head-to-head nail-biter for who's going to be the number one in I film at the box office. Uh, no, Godzilla vs. Kong doesn't count. Uh, we'll cover that in a little bit, but in the meantime, let's look at the box office numbers from this past weekend. In first place, we have Godzilla vs. Kong in its third weekend. It made 7.8 million US uh, in 3,001 theaters, a drop of 43% week over week with a per theater average of $2,614. That's a little bit of a steeper drop than uh, you'd like to see um, you know, in a film's uh, what second or third weekend, um, suggesting it might have been a little bit front-loaded. You know, everyone's just eager to see Monkey vs. Lizard uh, on the big screen, um, but it's also about in line with what we've seen with the larger HBO Max films, uh, such as Wonder Woman 1984, uh, in their third weekend. Uh, domestic box office to date has been $80 million for Godzilla vs. Kong. Internationally, it's crossed the $309 million mark for just about $390 million lifetime. So definitely, I think you can get over that uh, $400 million mark. Um, this number puts it just above Tenet for the highest grossing Hollywood film post-COVID to date, uh, which Tenet had made $363 million. And it's actually already put past the worldwide total of Godzilla King of the Monsters at $300 $86 million. Um, I'm uncertain if it'll get to the first uh, Godzilla film from the modern from the MonsterVerse or the Kong Skull Island film. Uh, both of those sit north of $500 million worldwide. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong should, however, be the first Hollywood film to hit $100 million domestically since the pandemic began. Uh, moving to second place, we have uh, the fourth weekend of Bob Odenkirk's film Nobody from Universal making another $2.5 million, a stellar 6% drop uh, in 2,405 theaters for per theater average of $1,040. Uh, domestic total for this film comes out to $19 million, with another $15 million internationally giving us a worldwide total of about $34 million uh, to date on an estimated budget of $16 million, so not bad. Um, in third place, we have Sony's horror film The Unholy in its third weekend, making $2 million in 2,057 theaters, a per theater average of $997 with a 15% drop week over week. A domestic total to date sits at $9.5 million with another 350 k abroad, uh, bringing the lifetime total to just under $10 million. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon repeats its fourth place, uh, placing it with $1.9 million this week, a pretty solid 13% drop, showing the strength of animated family-friendly films. Uh, this is showing in 1,945 theaters, four per theater average of $988. Domestic total so far, $37.7 million, and international total sits at $61.9 million for a lifetime worldwide total just shy of the $100 million mark. 
Uh, and rounding out the top five is the return of Tom and Jerry, which last week lost out to the newcomer Voyagers from Lionsgate. However, with Lionsgate dropping 44% to $779,000, Tom and Jerry's 10% drop left it at $1 million, with 2,028 theaters for a per theater average of $537. Domestic total for Tom and Jerry sits at $42.6 million, with another $62.8 million abroad, bringing the lifetime total to about $105 million lifetime. So we have another week with no major releases at the box office. This led to another total box office drop uh, to below $20 million, just under it, $19.2 million so far. Uh, we'll talk about the upcoming films this coming weekend, though we could see both of them push the box office to $40 or even $50 million uh, this coming weekend. Uh, looking abroad briefly, the highest grossing film of the weekend was actually another anime film, Detective Conan The Scarlet Bullet, repeating the feat that Demon Slayer Infinity Train pulled last year. Um, in Japan, Detective Conan opened to 20.5 million US dollars, about 2.2 billion yen and about 1.5 million tickets sold, uh, while in China it opened to 16.8 million dollars uh, for a total of about 37 million dollars lifetime uh, in its opening weekend. Not quite the numbers that Demon Slayer put up, you know, that, that made just north of $40 million uh, in Japan only, uh, but still impressive nonetheless and the highest grossing film of this weekend. Uh, speaking of China, again, Detective Conan is a top film there with 16.8 million US dollars this past weekend. Uh, in second place, we have My Sister uh, making $9.8 million for a lifetime total of $119.6 million. In third place, Godzilla vs. Kong rampages again with $6.9 million for a regional total of $178.5 million to date. Uh, in fourth place, we have a newcomer romance film uh, called Endless August making $6.1 million US dollars. In its opening weekend. And in fifth place, we have actually the re release of Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, making $4 million this weekend. Lord of the Rings was initially released in China before they had their massive expansion of theaters, uh, where, so it basically made nothing beforehand. Um, I believe the last uh, you know, the last total of Lord of the Rings was about, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring was about $887 million worldwide. Uh, so a good release here could potentially help it leg out to maybe $900 million. We'll see. Um, again, the other films in the trilogy are set to come out shortly to Two Towers. It's coming out this coming weekend, uh, though it is uncertain when the final film will come out since the May Day holiday will likely have local films instead. Uh, that holiday period actually not allowing uh, potentially Lord of the Rings to premiere might actually explain a couple of things we've seen in, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, so Fast and the Furious is a film that is set to come out uh, about a month earlier in China, May 19th, ahead of the stateside release in June. Uh, you know, the reason being that China has blackout periods where foreign films can't be released. Uh, usually in the Ju June and July period, they want to reserve that summer period for domestic films. Um, and so, you know, the films like Fast and the Furious, uh, they want their film to come out ahead of that so that, you know, once the film is out here in the States, it minimizes privacy for uh, within China. Um, this might be also be the same reason that Top Gun ended up moving out of July 4th period uh, so that it could release simultaneously in Japan and China. Um, that all being said, that doesn't really explain why Disney decided to release Black Widow uh, in the July 9th period since, again, it won't be able to release in China in August. And again, it's going to be on Disney Plus, so it's going to be easily accessible. So who knows what the mouse is thinking. 
Uh, one other benchmark for China, uh, year-to-date, the cumulative box office has reached 20 million yuan, or about 3.07 billion US dollars, a bit behind the pace from where it was in 2018 and 2019. So suggesting that some pandemic after effects, such as perhaps either the lack of films or perhaps the film restrictions in place for uh, how many people can be in theaters, might be affecting the box office, but still uh, definitely a better year than we're having here in the States so far. Hopefully we'll catch up. Uh, moving on to mo- to more movie headlines, uh, the big story this week is really about the next weekend's box office. Uh, so this weekend, we have two big releases. Uh, Warner Brothers R-rated Mortal Kombat Adaptation, uh, which has a day and date release both in theaters and on HBO Max. And then we have the American release of the, fa- by way of Funimation, of the massively successful Demon Slayer Infinity Train movie, aka one of the biggest stories of the box office world last week, uh, or last year. Now, in a box office world of a couple of years ago, this would have been a no-brainer. Sir, video game adaptations aren't usually particularly successful, but they still have a chance at making decent box office sewing, uh, whereas anime films generally are all, had always been seen as for very niche audiences, especially with limited releases. However, as anime's popularity has grown over the last few years, Demon Slayer is one of the most popular mainstream anime out there right now. So on top of that, this film does adapt the next canon arc of the anime, so if you're a fan of Demon Slayer who saw the first season, looking forward to the second season, you need to watch this movie in between in order to, you know, understand what's going on. Uh, So, you know, or wait until it comes out on the home release, I guess. So, you know, a few months after, but it's been several months, almost half a year at this point, of the film having been out in Japan, us hearing about how successful it has been over there, how great the film is. So anime fans, especially combined with wanting to get out of the house uh, to go to the movies, uh, are chomping at the bit to see, to get at this film. So much so that according to pre-sale reports, uh, as of five days before the release of the film, it's already sold $6 million to pre-sales for opening weekend, outselling Godzilla vs. Kong pre-sales at the same point in time, uh, with many screenings, again, with limited capacity, already selling out. Um, so theaters, you know, I think I've heard that they're starting to add more screenings uh, to meet the demand. Um, so some are estimating that the weekend total box office for Demon Slayer could be somewhere in the 15 to $20 million range, with about an 8 to $9 million opening day uh, total. So on the flip side, we have, of course, HBO Max, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat. Uh, pre-sales are a bit behind the Godzilla vs. Kong in comparison, um, so it'll likely have a lower opening day total. One analyst estimated about 5 to $6 million total. However, unlike Demon Slayer, because Demon Slayer, you know, requires you to already be bought into the anime, which still is, you know, as much as mainstream has become, still to some degree a niche market. And also because it'd be like watching, you know, the sequel without watching the prequel. Um, You know, Demon Slayer is looking to be very pre-sale focused, right? Almost all of the box office tickets will likely be pre-sold in advance. Uh, Whereas Mortal Kombat, right? Like, yeah, most people have heard of Mortal Kombat at this point. Maybe they're not the biggest fan. But if you're going to the movie and you're looking for something to watch, seeing something that you know already, an IP you already know, means you're likely going to have more walk-up business compared to Demon Slayer. So, you know, who knows if the, that then then again who knows if the des- the desire for uh, consumers to watch this film on the big screen will be in there in the same way that it was for Godzilla you know um, so you know so the, the reviews of the action are reportedly pretty good so we'll see um, the estimate for total box office for Mortal Kombat is also in the fifteen to twenty million dollar range as well uh, so again this is going to be a real nail biter I can't really tell who's going to take the lead I, I I imagine after the first the first day or so we might be able to see how you know the uh, uh, Friday total of um, of uh, of uh, Mortal Kombat ends up being, 
but yeah, this is it, that's your preview for this coming weekend. It's good to have a good old-fashioned box office fight once again. Uh, one case that is helping everyone, though, regardless of which side you're on, um, not strictly movie news, but in case you haven't heard, here in the States, uh, everyone and every state 16 years and older are now officially eligible for the vaccine, uh, which should help with movie attendance moving forward. In fact, New York State announced an increase in capacity from 25% to 33% starting next week. Now, if only we could get uh, you know, indoor di- up to the level of indoor dining at 75%. Um, the New York Vans of the National Association of Theater Owners, NATO, is asking for fi- uh, Governor Cuomo for 50% capacity by Memorial Day weekend and another 75% by July 4th. Uh, our current rate of infection in New York for COVID is 2.94%. Uh, again, uh, so I promise it'll be the last time I mentioned it. I did get my vaccine this last weekend. I actually am thinking about maybe going to see either Godzilla vs. Kong or Demon Slayer this coming weekend at the box office, TBD, uh, but definitely looking forward to getting back in the box office uh, this weekend. Now, some other miscellaneous movie headlines before closing out the show. Uh, we have a new movie release date. Downton Abbey 2 has been scheduled for a Christmas release this year with all of the original cast returning. Should be some nice counter-program to Sp- uh, Spider-Man No Way From Home. Uh, the original film actually made a fair bit of money, just shy of $100 million domestically, with about a $30 million opening weekend and about another $100 million abroad. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, well, apparently Anthony Molina, who was the Doc Ock from the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, has confirmed that he is in the film as the same version of the character, which just brings more hype for that film overall. Um, in another crossover, right, we have Michael Keaton just confirmed that he is playing his version of Batman in the Flash film, which just started production in the UK this week. In other superhero news, the first trailer of the Shang-Chi and Legends of the Ten Rings trailer just dropped from the MCU. Uh, probably the air right before the Mortal Kombat film in theaters this weekend. Um, and the trailer online exclu- says exclusively uh, in theaters September 3rd. I know Disney has changed their mind on that in the past, but still, we have hope that Disney will go back to a theatrical exclusive release model. Uh, meanwhile, for Disney, you know, apparently their ownership for the copyright and franchise ownership of the Predator series is coming to question as the brothers who originally wrote the film, uh, Jim and John Thomas, have filed suit for the ownership rights with Disney, of course, filing a countersuit. Uh, this impacts Disney plans to continue to develop the franchise as part of their 20th century film portfolio. In other legal thing with Jigs, uh, Warner has apparently started preview screenings of In the Heights, uh, the Lin-Manuel Miranda-written John Chu-directed film that was delayed from last year, which adapted Lin-Manuel's first uh, Broadway play. And apparently reactions are so good that they're actually lifting social media embargoes two full months before the film. So keep an eye on this one. I think it's going to be a sleeper hit, if not not a not-so-sleeper hit uh, come this summer. And then finally, the latest news, the last news headlines of the week. Uh, this is one. That, this is the one that I shared on the box office subreddit. So the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a bit of a box office oddity in that it's actually been running continuously pretty much since its release back uh, in 1975, making it the longest running theatrical engagement of all time at over four decades continuously. So for those who don't know, part of the quirk is that you know it runs at midnight. It's a little bit of a campy film which runs uh, in midnight screenings where audience members participate by via 
you know, heckling the audience, the characters on screen uh, with, you know, some standard lines that everyone's kind of adopted. And in some theaters, you know, they have people dress up as the characters and lip sync and act out the scenes on screen as the film goes along. I've personally never been to a screening. It's on my film bucket list, though. Um, anyway, this was enabled by a policy by 20th Century Fox back in the day, uh, allowing movie theaters to run films from their archive with whenever they wanted, basically, uh, meaning that Rocky Horror Picture Shows was always in rotation. When Disney acquired Fox a few years back, they actually discontinued this policy with the sole exception for Rocky Horror Picture Show in order to allow this tradition to live on. Uh, well, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, people couldn't have those gatherings uh, in theaters to do the heckling and the and the you know costume shows, so it thought that the, the, the streak might end. However, one projectionist in Portland's uh, Clinton Street Theater, which again has been running the Saturday night screenings of Rocky Horror Picture Show continuously for 43 years now, did not want that decades-long streak to end. So projectionist Nathan Williams ran the film every week for the 54 Saturdays of the pandemic, often to an empty audience in the theater aside from himself. So when theaters reopened again earlier this month in Portland, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show was the first film shown with an audience again. Uh, no audience participation yet, but apparently people did still did dress up and, and watch it from the audience seats. And so the streak of the Rocky Horror Picture film continues. Uh, you know, the conscience in life, uh, death, taxes, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight screenings. And with that, I think that's a wrap for this season. Assume me for ideas for what else I should cover this on uh, the podcast via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, make sure you subscribe and leave a review or, or at the very least, uh, tell a friend. Any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon, which lets me make not only this show, but all the other podcasts I work on. Links to all that will be in our show notes. Numbers from the show come from thenumbers.com. Our intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. You can find all his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Edit and production comes from Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.